This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Beware the Redwood Bureau, a secret organization which captures and researches creatures and objects that defy explanation. Their reckless procedures have led to countless innocent lives lost. I am Agent Conroy. I worked for the Redwood Bureau, but I have escaped them to leak their reports to the unsuspecting public. You have the right to know. Redwood Bureau Phenomenon 3402, Dryer. RBP Report 3402 initiated. Working at Redwood Bureau, I had the pleasure, or often displeasure, of seeing and experiencing a multitude of bizarre objects. Some had the appearance of ancient or alien artifacts, with abilities that were as disturbing as they were nonsensical. However, as is the case of this report, some of the classified objects contained by Redwood resembled nothing more than everyday objects. In this case, RBP-3402, or Dryer, looked to be just an ordinary clothes dryer when I first saw it. An old one at that. And yet the chaos it wrought against Redwood Bureau personnel cannot be understated. I lost two weeks of my life in mere hours while being assigned to guard the entrance to 3402 one night. On another occasion, while passing by the test facility, I witnessed two senior agents disintegrate right in front of me. Dryer is a dangerous and terrifying object. It is rated at threat level apocalyptic for very good reason. 
The object was obtained by a young man who lived in a suburban home alone. The following story was told to us by this young man, who narrowly survived activating 3402. Subsequently, we were able to make a deal with the United States government for the containment of Dryer at a Redwood Bureau compound for thorough research. Some of the strangest stories have a completely innocuous beginning, and this is definitely one of those tales. It starts with my search for a household appliance, and it ends with me traveling a week into the future. Well, in a roundabout manner, anyway. It's complicated. My clothes dryer had been making an ominous squealing sound for months, and I had a feeling the drum support bearing was getting ready to call it quits. A new bearing can be a little on the pricey side when you're kind of broke, and considering its age, I wasn't sure if it was even worth the bother to fix it. I prayed to the dryer gods and hoped it would last until I could afford a new one. Unfortunately, the dryer gods must be a fickle bunch because the poor old thing ultimately seized up mid-cycle. <sighs> a new dryer can easily run a thousand bucks, which is about 900 more than I could afford to spend. I hunted on the internet for a deal and stumbled across an online estate auction. It seemed someone may have been listening to my prayers after all, because there was an older GE model listed at a starting bid of 40 bucks. No one else bid on it, so when the auction closed, I was the proud owner of a $40 clothes dryer. My laundry problems were solved. It's a good thing I rented a hand truck dolly to move it, because the damn thing felt like it weighed at least 200 pounds. I asked one of the auction house staff if there was somewhere I could plug it in to make sure it worked, and he growled, nah, without even looking in my direction. I shrugged it off and dragged the old beast onto my trailer with a hand truck. If the dryer didn't work, I would simply harass the auction house on social media until I got my money back. It's the new American way. After a bunch of swearing and a whole lot of groaning, I rolled the dryer into the laundry room and plunked it down in its new home beside my washer. It had been a couple weeks since I'd last paid a visit to the sketchy laundromat down the street, so I immediately fired a load of smelly bath towels into the washing machine. As the towels started churning away in the washer, I plugged in the dryer and started to hook up the dryer vent. To my absolute dismay, I discovered the vent was blocked by a metal plate of some kind. I muttered, what the hell, and tried to open the door. Upon closer inspection, I realized that it had been welded shut. The welding bead had been ground perfectly smooth and painted to blend in with the rest of the front panel. I hadn't even noticed until I was staring directly at it. To be fair, when you purchase a home appliance of any kind, you kind of assume the door won't be welded shut. How did that get past the people at the auction house? I sent off an angry email and took my wet towels down to the laundromat. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. 
June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When I got home, I poked around at the dryer some more and found that none of the dials would turn. I thought, time to see what's going on under these panels, and I fetched my toolbox from the garage. I took them off and revealed six lead plates, all of them welded together at the seams to create a dryer-sized lead box. The power cord disappeared into some kind of insulated console at the back with a built-in toggle switch. The only other discernible feature was an inscription that had been etched beside the console. It read, R. Von Hauser, date of completion, April 13, 2017. Beneath this was a quote from Albert Einstein. The distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. I stared at the quote and slowly shook my head. I had no idea what sort of homemade Frankenstein mechanism might be lurking inside the box. Whatever this contraption was supposed to do, it certainly wasn't a clothes dryer. I heard my phone ding with an email notification. It was an automated response from the auction house with a complaint form attached. I did my best to explain the appliance they had sold me was actually a giant cube of lead. I attached some pictures of the mystery box in question, including a close-up of the inscription on the back plate. There was nothing else that could be done except to hope the refund gods would be more cooperative than their laundry appliance counterparts. The whole situation was a pain in the ass, and my brain was swarming with questions. First and foremost, why did someone go to all the trouble of disguising this cumbersome Art Deco piece as a dryer? This brought me to my second question, why was it made of lead? The words radiation shield came to mind, and I started feeling a tad nervous. It's shockingly easy to acquire small amounts of radioactive material and squirrel it away for future use. You can get americium from smoke detectors, thorium from old camping lanterns, and radium from watches and clocks. There was even an enterprising nuclear reactor enthusiast who was ordering the stuff online. The more I thought about it, the less I wanted this thing in my house. I said, I think you're going outside, buddy, and started to wedge the hand truck beneath the box. It got stuck, so I gave it a good shove. The frame of the truck dolly lurched in at an angle and promptly smacked into the toggle switch, both flipping it on and breaking it off in the process. I heard a sharp click as an actuator performed some hidden task, followed up by the hum of a motor. I lunged to pull the plug out of the socket, but the hum didn't stop. 
The motor was running on an internal power source. Whatever was happening inside the box would continue to happen until the juice ran out. I groaned, ah crap, and ran for the front door. I had no idea what was about to happen, but I didn't want to be standing beside the damn thing when it did. I burst out onto my front porch, already pulling out my cell phone to dial 911. And what I saw out there stopped me dead in my tracks. The rest of the world beyond my front porch was moving much too fast. Birds were speeding through the air at impossible speeds. I saw a blur of brown that might have been a squirrel, and a car blasted down my suburban street at an easy hundred miles an hour. It was almost like I was watching a video on Fast Forward. It was surreal, to the point of being disorienting. I grabbed a corn broom I kept on the porch and cautiously made my way down the front steps, prodding the air in front of me with the handle as I went. When I reached the bottom step, the broom was suddenly ripped from my hands with tremendous force. It disintegrated mid-air in a spectacular poof of wood dust, there and gone in a split second. I was too shocked to even yell in surprise. I felt a stinging pain on the back of my ring finger and saw a dime-sized patch of skin that had been neatly erased. If I had lost my balance when the broom was torn from my grasp, I would have been vaporized right along with it. I scampered back up the steps and dialed 911, but the call failed. On a hunch, I tried to turn on the porch light and was unsurprised when nothing happened. I was without electricity, internet, or a working phone. For all intents and purposes, I was completely cut off from the rest of the world, which seemed to be flying along at breakneck speed outside the confines of my house. If it weren't for my bleeding finger, I would have thought I was in the middle of a serious mental breakdown. The box wasn't a homemade nuclear reactor after all. It was, well, it was something else entirely. I stood there and yelled for help until a butterfly meandered too close to the house and got obliterated. I took it as a warning and retreated to the safety of my swinging chair. I thought, this is obviously a nightmare. This can't be happening. I was trapped by a transparent wall of death while the rest of the world was running on fast forward. What the hell was going on? I murmured, the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion and the frozen gears in my brain finally started turning. I'm not a quantum physicist or anything, but I'm aware that time is relative to the observer. If you could fly a spaceship close to a celestial object with immense gravity, like a black hole for example, the time dilation created by the crushing gravitational pull would make it appear that time was flowing faster behind you. To an outside observer, however, it would look like you were moving progressively slower as you approached the point of no return. Although both the observer and the spaceship would experience a normal passage of time, relatively speaking, one would be jetting thousands of years into the future, and the other would be stuck in a single moment forever. Even though sunset wasn't supposed to happen for another six hours, it was already getting dark outside. As the sun plunged behind the horizon, a number of cargo vans came zipping up in front of my house, followed by a rig hauling a full-sized trailer. The vans released a mob of people in protective hazmat suits. They rapidly assembled an enormous tent around my house, using portable floodlights for illumination. From my perspective, this feat of engineering only took a few minutes, but sunshine was spilling through the tent's door when they left. 
I was numb and exhausted from delayed shock, so I ended up falling asleep on the living room couch, lulled into exhausted slumber by the low hum of the box in the background. I awoke to a man in a hazmat suit scanning me with a Geiger counter. I sat up with a screech of terror and found myself staring into the barrel of a rifle. The soldier holding the rifle ordered me to put my hands in the air. A small crowd of people came pouring through the front door, all of them suited up and most of them armed. One of the invaders pointed at me and snapped, Where's the machine? I directed them to the laundry room with my hands still in the air. A minute or two later, they came storming back with the box firmly strapped to the hand truck. As it was wheeled out the door, an unarmed intruder walked over and plunked himself down in my easy chair. He introduced himself as Professor Coolridge and gruffly explained that I was a very lucky man. If the situation had continued, they would have been forced to take extreme measures to contain the situation. I was flabbergasted to discover an entire week had gone by since they'd put up a giant tent around my house. From my perspective, the whole ordeal had only lasted seven or eight hours in total. I croaked, A week? Are you serious? Yes, sir, I am. He nodded. Your neighbors think you went out of town so your house could be bug-bombed for a roach infestation. Congratulations, by the way. You're the second person who's ever traveled through time. You beat Professor Von Hauser's record by five whole days. How do you feel? I thought about it and said, Okay, I guess. Can I put my hands down now? The soldier with the rifle grunted, Don't make any sudden movements. I dropped my arms with a sigh of relief and Coolridge asked about the raw patch on my finger. I told him about the fate of my poor corn broom and his lips twitched in a nervous smile behind his face shield. He said, That's the Von Hauser effect. I rubbed my temples and muttered, Okay, I'm kind of lost here. What's the Von Hauser effect? Coolridge flashed that nervous grin again and said, Von Hauser had difficulty restricting the time dilation to a constant value. At first, X number of seconds will pass outside the field of influence for every second inside, but it quickly becomes X squared, X cubed, and so on. As the value keeps increasing, the edge of the field becomes dangerously unstable. This could result in a temporal fracturing that would release a tremendous amount of energy. I cleared my throat and croaked. Well, that sounds bad. Coolridge snorted. Very bad. Our planet would be reduced to a cosmic cloud of dust. I gaped at him and muttered. How the hell did this thing end up in my laundry room? According to Coolridge, Von Hauser had been ordered to discontinue the project. Instead, he disguised his machine as a clothes dryer and secretly continued his research in the basement of his own home. When he died, his entire estate had been sold to an auction house, including his wildly dangerous time machine. The soldier handed me a non-disclosure agreement, and I declined to take it. He made a vague threat, and I pointed out that if anything were to happen to me, the investigators would almost certainly examine the video taken by my doorbell camera. Coolridge and the soldier looked at each other with twin expressions of dismay, and the soldier growled, God damn it. They stormed outside without uttering another word. The conspicuously crew-cutted mob outside disassembled the tent within an hour, and then they were gone. When I was sure I was safe, I curled up on the floor and threw a screaming fit. I had nearly destroyed the entire planet while trying to do my laundry. I think I deserved a little breakdown after something like that. Whether you believe this story or not is up to you, but I think everyone can agree that the people in charge 
have a tendency to play with dangerous toys they don't fully understand. It's probably a good thing most of us don't fully comprehend how close we are to accidental annihilation at any given point in time. The distinction between past, present, and future may be a stubborn illusion, but that also holds true for the illusion of safety in a world controlled by lunatics. If you really understand just how tenuous it all is, you'll never get a good night's rest again. As the young man's story details, 3402 is a time machine disguised as a dryer. Efforts to remove its facade exterior led to the two aforementioned Redwood Bureau agent deaths. Von Hauser, the inventor of the device, not only concealed it within the shell of a household dryer, he hardwired the device to activate when certain parts of the interior of the shell are handled. When a Redwood researcher attempted to remove a bolt from the interior of the false shell, the device within activated. Two senior agents next to me happened to be within the perfect distance of the device's effect so that their left halves were within the outer zone and their right halves were within the inner zone. The inner zone is a term used by researchers which refers to the inactive area around the device, where those who stand within it experience no effects of time progression. Those in the outer zone, however, will seem to move at rapid speeds as they travel more quickly through time, at least through the perspective of the observers within the inner zone. When objects in the inner or outer zone attempt to cross over, the difference in the momentum of time dilation between the two zones causes the object to disintegrate. Disintegration occurs only in the overlapping region of the object, that is, the parts that do not remain in the original zone it inhabited. In this case, the left halves of those two senior agents were torn into microscopic shreds and lost to a different yet adjacent time. The flesh and tissue ripped from them still has not been recovered, as Redwood researchers have yet to understand how to use the device to travel backward in time, rather than forward. If you ever find yourself watching a wall of blurred light rapidly stretching around you, you know that 3402 has become active and unstable, and you are completely, irrevocably, doomed. RBP Report 3402 deactivated. I'm Josh Tomar, host of Redwood Bureau. Thank you for listening. Redwood Bureau is a horror fiction podcast and part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. For more dreadful terrors, follow Redwood Bureau on Spotify and iTunes, and check out our other podcasts like Unexplained Encounters and Freaky Folklore on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch under username Tomamoto, T-O-M-A-M-O-T-O, and my voiceover is featured in a wide variety of your favorite video games, anime, and other animated shows. Until next time, don't forget, this world is a strange one.